Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Bibles high in the building and online. I'm looking at my phone because that's where I got the Harvest Church mobile app. You can read the whole Bible in one year in our app. And you know why it's 100% free? Because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars, but the faithful giving of the people of Harvest make it happen. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest. And that settles it in Jesus' name. Can I just get you to worship God for five seconds right there? For five seconds right there. Hallelujah. God, we are open, sir. God, we are ready, sir. Speak to us and be strong when you speak. Don't leave any ambiguity when you speak. Don't leave a lack of clarity when you speak. Don't let there be a lack of courage when you speak. These next six months, we declare, will be our best six months of life ever. If you believe that in the building, fist bump five people and say these next six months, online, I need you to type that in the comments. I need you to tag some people. Some of y'all ain't moving. I need you to get five fist bumps. I got five on it. I need you to get five on it. Why? Five is the number of grace. And five is the number of favor. Five is the number of supernatural. The reason I had you fist bump five people is because you're about to meet five people. And when you meet these next five, these five are going to be your game changers. These five are going to... I'm just trying to get you to get your faith to another level. I'm just trying to get your expectation to another level. Somebody say, July is going to be right for me. Right people, right places, right things, right ideas, right time. I'll respond right. You ready? It's some of y'all. And this series is called Summer Songs. Say Summer Songs. We're learning biblical principles from summer songs, but today's song is actually not a song. It's a popular event during summertime. Uh, we're going to start with an event, not a song. We're starting with one of my favorite pastimes in the middle of the summer. It's the summer cookout. 
Now, you might call it barbecue where you're from. You might call it, uh, you know, get together. You may call it, you know, I'm just having some people over the house. You may, you may call it whatever. But all I know is that where I'm from, we call it the summer cookout. Now, pay attention. In the Bible, there's one cookout. We already in it. You ready? That changed one man's life for the better forever. That man's name was Saul, and I need you to hear me. The same God that made it happen for Saul because of one cookout is going to be the same God that makes it happen for you. He literally changed the trajectory of one man's life. Watch me. It wasn't in a boardroom. You better hear me. It, it, it was not in, in a church service. It, it, was not, it was not in a revival meeting. It was not in a Friday night fire. It was not in, in, in a Sunday night live or Wednesday night live. It was a cookout that changed this man's life forever. And for some of you, watch me, you're about to get unexpected change from an unexpected place. Oh, my God. You're going to get an unexpected change from an unexpected. You might be a target at the church today and somebody behind you will say, I just am led that I'm supposed to bless you. You're about to get unexpected change from an unexpected place. Please, 915, say one cookout changed everything. I... Listen, I introduce you. I introduce you to Saul as we wrapped up our series, Daddy Issues. Did you enjoy that series? Did it bless you? Now, I introduce you to him because when he followed um, Samuel's instructions, Samuel was his spiritual father, his shepherd, his man of God, the man of God he was assigned to. I showed you what happened for him. In 1 Samuel 10 and 6, look at the screen. Here's what it says. Suddenly, I need you to understand there's certain things where you are taking too long. And so God says, I need to have a sense of urgency behind you. So because you wouldn't do it, I've made a move that forced you to do it. Y'all better talk to me today. Because you were moving too slow, I made somebody else force you to do it. So the Bible says, watch me, Saul, he's getting ready to be anointed to be the king of Israel. And not just any king, he's going to be the first king. He is going to literally be the curse breaker in his bloodline because he's going to be the first. There's nobody else in his bloodline that's going to do what Saul is getting ready to do. And it's the same thing for you. You are about to do some things that you're the first. Let's tell the truth. You've already done many things where you're the first. And I know sometimes you can look over your progress and you can think, wow, look at what God has done. And you should be grateful. But what if I told you that there was more that's available? Saul is literally getting ready to be anointed to become king. But Saul has some issues. I'm going to show you in just a moment uh, that Saul isn't ready yet, but God is ready for him. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you're not ready, but God says, but I am. 915, y'all been doing real good. Now, don't start this now. Sometimes there are things where you're not ready for it. But heaven is like, but we're ready. So we don't have until December to get you ready. We don't have time for your self-esteem to match the supernatural that's about to... We don't have time for you to get over your fear. So what we're going to have to do is, watch me, we're going to have to change you. And we're going to have to change you suddenly. I wish you touched somebody on the shoulder and say, a sudden change is coming in you. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I need you to touch somebody that will tell you that with authority. Touch them on the shoulder. Say, a sudden change is coming in you. I we don't have time for you to wait to get your attitude together. There's no time for you to feel like you're prepared. There's no time for you to feel like you've got the education. There's no time for you to get healed from that relationship. The next person's already ready for you. I... Please open your mouth and say this. Say, Lord, I'm ready because you're ready. So Saul is getting ready to be anointed to be king. There's no kings in his bloodline. There's no curse breakers in his bloodline. And I need you to pay attention. He says, I'm going to have to change you. And this is going to have to happen suddenly. See, we often get excited about the suddenlies of cash, cars, and clothes. We get excited about suddenlies that are around us. Here's what I need you to understand about today. About today. About today. About today. The greatest suddenly is happening in you. 
See, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, this past week, and I was saying, had you had this conversation with me a week ago, I said, I wouldn't have even been open to what you said. But because I recognize, watch me, that he's doing a suddenly on the inside of me. There are certain things that seven days ago I may not have been ready for. Woo, but it seems like you ready. 915, can you let the Lord know that you're ready? How do I let him know? Your praise reflects your readiness. On three, if you're ready for what God wants to do in you, not just around you and not just for you, put a praise right there. One, two, three, go. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. 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 Say it. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. One more time. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Stop. So he meets his man of God. And when he meets his man of God, his man of God tells him these words. He says, suddenly. He says, if you obey my instructions, suddenly the spirit of the Lord is going to take over. The spirit of the Lord is going to take over. Listen to me very carefully. God does not take sides. So, 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 so you got to understand this nature about God. God is a boss. He's a general. Generals do not come in to pick sides. Generals do not take sides. Generals take over. So watch what happens. Samuel says, if you follow my instructions, suddenly the spirit of the Lord is going to take over. What does that mean? He's going to begin to orchestrate things in you that you never would have been open to. Things in you that you never, ever would have considered. Doing something you never would have considered doing. I heard this. Sowing something you never would have considered sowing. Forgiving who you never would have thought of forgiving. Letting go of what you thought you never were going to let go of apologizing to who you were determined could go straight to hell. Y'all not going to say nothing to me? He said, if you follow my instructions, suddenly the spirit of the Lord will do what? Take control. He's going to take over in you. Watch me and around you. And look what the scripture says. And you will become a what? Different person. Who did he become? A curse breaker. Who did he become? The first king. Who did become more successful than his successful father? Matter of fact, can I introduce you to Saul? Let me walk you through his pedigree. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse number 1, um, the Bible says that a wealthy, influential man named Kish uh, was from the tribe of Benjamin. This is Saul's father. And Kish's name in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means power. So check this out. Saul is the son of power. Listen to me, listen to me. He is, he is a son of a man that is wealthy and influential. And his name is, it's on the screen, let's see if you're listening, Kish. Now, I need you to hear me because some of you say, well, Bishop, um, uh, uh, my family's not wealthy, nor are they influential. This is why, watch me, what did I teach you at the end of the, our last series is that when you're born again and become a Christian, you become a child of God, which means your daddy is wealthy. The Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All the gold is his. All the silver is his. He has no market caps. Y'all better hear me today. He is wealthy and he is influential and he's got all power. But watch where he's from. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. Verse 2, his son Saul. Listen to me. Saul's name in Hebrew means you asked for this. I don't like the way some of y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Saul's name in Hebrew literally means you asked for this. I gave you what you asked for. And if you didn't want the pressure that came with it, what you asked for it for? It's an old southern colloquialism. Look at somebody next to you and say, you asked for greatness. Say, that's why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. Say, pay the price. You ask for God's will to be done in your life, and his will has nothing to do with what you want. So pay the price. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to like it. You're not going to be in control. But I need you to pay for it. What you ask for it for? His son Saul means you ask for this. Ask for it. He was the most handsome man in Israel. Speak this over yourself. Say, you look good. 
if you don't encourage you, you'll be thirsty for other people's encouragement. If you don't affirm yourself, you'll be thirsty for somebody else to affirm you. I don't need you to be arrogant, but I do need you to be affirmed. I need you to look in that mirror and say, God, dog. I, I need you to wake up in the morning and say, you somebody. I, I need you to take whatever you got and look at it and say, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in my eyes. The Lord has fearfully and wonderfully made me. That way you're never thirsty for people's opinion of you, because if you're thirsty for their opinion, you'll die at their criticism. Bible says he's the most handsome man in all of Israel. Verse 3, kiss his donkey straight away, and he told Saul, take a servant with you and go and look for the donkeys. Now, donkeys in the Hebrew culture, they were a sign of the blessing, which means if you had a lot of donkeys, it was a sign that you were blessed. It is tantamount. That's what that squirrely line means. It's, it's it, it de facto. It is, it is equivalent to a luxury car, which means it represented the fact that you had mobility. You could get to where you wanted to go, and you could take whoever you wanted to take with you. I'll say it again because some of you missed it. Listen, you can get wherever you want to go, and you can take whoever you want to take with you. I'll say it a third time because some of y'all keep saying, I don't know how I'm going to get there. You can go wherever you want to go. And I got options about who's coming with me. And I ain't inviting everybody to my cookout because some people show up and they want to eat, but they don't want to bring nothing. I... Come on, open your mouth and say, I have options. I have. And it also means strength. So the donkeys were a sign of God's blessing on your life. They were tantamount to luxury cars, and it meant that you had strength. What does the Bible say? That Kish's donkeys, all of them, have left. They have strayed. Which means the sign of the blessing is gone. His stuff is gone, and his strength is gone. Who does he send to find it? His son. Who does he send to find it? His son. Right? Check this out. Say, I've been sent to recover what's been lost in my bloodline. I've been sent. Come on, talk to me, 915. I've been sent to recover what's been lost in my community, in my city. In my region, I'm the one. So look, so look, so look, so look. So look at verse 4. So Saul took one of the servants and traveled. Now, there's a few places he went. First place he went is a place called Ephraim. Ephraim means a high place where you were formerly fruitful. So the first place he goes to look for his strength, he goes to look for the blessing, he goes to look for these luxury cars. The first place he goes to look for this is his past. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. Uh, for many of you, don't think it's strange that your past has been showing up. Your past has been showing up, hear me clearly, because God is indicating to you you are on a journey, and I want to see if you're still attached to it. I want to see if you're still a, t I, I don't know who I'm talking to. God says, I want to see if when you see them, you still get an attitude. I want to see if when you think about, I need to make sure that you are no longer stuck in your past. Other than that, you're going to repeat your past. And I need everybody at this 915 say, I will not repeat my past. Old relationships have been calling. Old people have been in your DMs. Old people have been reaching out. Old thoughts have been trying to come back. Old ideologies have been called to come back. And old you've been trying to show back up. And I need you to shut that down. Why? There's no donkeys over there. There's no blessing over there. There's no fruit over there. Your past is over. Second place he goes to look for the donkeys is called Shalisha. Depending on where you're from, Shalisha. You ready? It means Baal. Baal was a false god. If this was Bible college, I'd go deep and teach you that it's the god of the sun and the moon. The god of the sun and the moon means that the day commands you, you don't command it. Which means stuff runs you, you don't run stuff. So the second place they go to find the idols, watch me, uh, uh, or, or the donkeys rather, is in Shalisha. Now pay attention. It literally translates into this. Three idols are false gods. So the first place they're looking for the donkeys, the blessing, their strength. First place they look for their strength is from their past. You have to be careful that you don't reach for what God left.
Because if you reach for what he left, things won't be right. Secondly, pay attention. God says there's three false idols. There's three things that you have made a false god. What's a god? A source. He says, did you look to your money? Did you look to your education? Did you look to your family? Did, did you look to your sense of business acumen? He says, there's three things that are false gods that you have looked to. Because you're trying to find the blessing. You're trying to find your strength. Did you look to sex? Because that was a source for you because it made you feel good for those few moments. Here's the third place they go. Shalim. Say Shalim. Shalim means the place of foxes or jackals. Scripture says this. A little fox will spoil the vine. In other words, a fox deals with, in terms of uh, uh, the ideology behind the use of the word fox, a fox is cunning. It's crafty. It's deceptive. And then a jackal um, is very similar to a jack. Don't say it. Not yet. In other words, he says, you're looking for all of the right things in all of the wrong places. So you've checked your past, not there. You've, you've, you've now reached out to these three idols, these false gods, not there. You now are fooling with crazy people, and it's not there. You're acting crazy yourself, thinking that if I deceive, if I lie, if I cheat, if I steal, then maybe I'll get what I want. Then watch me. Then the last place he goes is the land of Benjamin. How many places does he go? Four. When he goes to Benjamin, when he goes to Benjamin, Benjamin means hungry wolves, ravenous wolves to be more specific. In other words, he's around people, watch me, um, that will do you dirty to get any type of advantage. Here's the thing about you. You're relational, but you have to be careful that you're not trying to be relational with people who only want to be transactional with you. Because for some people, you would do anything for them, and they would only do something for you to the extent that it benefits them. And I need you not to feel guilty. I need you not to feel bad. I need you not to feel like they use you. What have I taught you? Nobody has the power to use you because anything good one does from the Lord, Ephesians says he'll receive the same back from the Lord. Anything good anybody does for anybody else, the Lord is going to be the one to repay them. But now he searched in this, this place that literally means hungry wolves, ravenous wolves. They will tear you apart. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So now, even though you love God, you love people, you love life, you're acting ruthless. Because you're around hungry wolves. And you know what hungry wolves want to do? They want to eat. They could not find the donkeys. It's on the screen. Anywhere. They couldn't find them in their past. They couldn't find them in their idols. They couldn't find them with the foxes. They couldn't find them with the wolves. It looks like it's totally over. For some of you, here's where you're at. I can't find what I'm looking for. So maybe I should stop looking for it because it doesn't exist. You ready? But verse 5, or the next verse rather, says, finally. I need you to get a C.C. Peniston anointing right there. Finally. I need you to say it right there. Say finally. Uh-uh. I need you to say it again. Say finally. Uh-uh. Say it one more time. Finally. Oh, y'all got the notes right, too. Come on. Say, say it again. What if that was going to be your song for all of July? Finally. I found what I'm looking for. Finally, I got the right people, right places, right time, right things, right ideas. Please look over at somebody and say, that's your theme song this month. Finally, it's happening to you right in front of your face. Shout it again. Say, finally. 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 
I'm so glad you didn't stop at Shalim. I'm so glad you didn't stop at Shalisha. I'm so glad you didn't stop at Keisha. I'm so glad you didn't stop at Trevor. You'll catch it in a minute. I'm so glad you didn't stop in Denver. I'm so glad you didn't stop with the first business. I'm so glad you didn't stop. Shout finally, one more time, finally. Finally, they entered Zuff. They went from A to Z. You had to last to get all the way to Z. You're not listening to me because you responded differently. This last part of your life was teaching you endurance. Because every day you were getting up saying today might be the day and it wasn't. Every week you were getting up saying this might be the week and it wasn't. Every month you were saying this might be the month and it wasn't. You saw progress but you didn't see what you prayed for. You saw progress but you didn't see what you prayed for. Who am I talking to? You, you, you saw progress, but it, you were like, this is good, God, but this is not all that I asked. And I'm looking for Saul. I'm looking for everything I asked for. I... Finally, they entered Zuff from A to Z. means you had to go the whole alphabet. You had to go through, you had to go through abuse. You had to go through betrayal. You had to go through, oh, I can walk you through the alphabet. Some crazy people. You had to go through disappointment. You had to go through evading emotions. You had to go through failure. You had to go through feeling like you were in a gutter. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, how is? I got you through H and I. You do the rest. Look at me. Look at me. Finally, so this is their fifth place. Why did I have you fist bump? Because five is the number of grace. Five is the number of favor. Five is the number of supernatural. I bet you're going to do it now. High five or fist bump somebody around you and say, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Online, tag somebody. Online, drop a five in the screen. I had to go from A to Z just to get to my five. I had to go from A to Z. I had to go through abuse, betrayal. I had to deal with some crazy people. I had to deal with some disappointments. I had to deal with evasive emotions and failure. I... Ready? They entered Zuff. Here's where it gets really good. We're already in it. Zuff means, it's got dual meaning. First, it means the land of Samuel. Samuel's the Man of God. See, see, this is, and you should listen carefully. This is, this is why you had to be online. This is why you had to be in this building. Because God says, I need you to be in a place where there's somebody that can speak life into. This is why never let people pull you away. You don't come here for them. You don't log in for them. Baby, I'm, I needed to get to my Samuel. I'm, and you're not going to run me away from my Samuel. I don't care about your stinking attitude. You're not Samuel. I, I needed to get to Samuel. I don't, I don't care about what you think about me. This is between God, who God assigned me to, and me. I had to get to the land of Zoph. It means the land of Samuel. Hear me, church, never ever let somebody pull you. And I can understand that because as a man of God in authority, I'm also a man of God under authority. And there's been times where I've had to deal with some of the people that, that have served my late bishop and my current pastor, and I'd be like, Lord Jesus. But I clearly understood you have nothing to do with this. This is between me and Samuel. You ready? Finally, they got to the land of Zuff, the land of Samuel. Here's the second meaning of Zuff, honeycomb. Can I go deep, 915? All right, all right. A honeycomb, listen very carefully, it, it means that this is going to be sweet, rewarding. In fact, every new Hebrew year, where's two things we have. If you've been around, you know, apples and honey that prophesied this is going to be a sweet year for you. 
I need everybody at this 915 to hear me. You have gone to A and you have gone to Z. Where am I at now, Bishop? You're in Zuff now. These next six months are going to be rewarding for you. These next six months are going to be sweet for you. If you believe it, just put a praise in the atmosphere. Go, 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 go. But watch what happens. But watch what happens. While they, once they get to Zuff, the land of Samuel, the land of the honeycomb. You ready? Saul said, let's go home. In other words, I didn't put all this work in. I didn't put all of this effort in. But now I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of looking. I'm tired of searching. Is there anybody in the building or online that can be honest? That there's some parts of you that sometimes be like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Giving up is not an option for you. Stopping is the, I rebuke your stop. I sure do. I rebuke your stop. Why? You didn't go from A to get to Z to give up and Z to go back to A. Saul said, let's go what home. Look at the next verse. Look what happens. But the servant said, in other words, let me see if I can make it real practical for you. Somebody around you that you wouldn't expect anything smart to ever come out of their mouth. Somebody around you that you would not expect any wise counsel to come from said, wait a minute, I've thought of something. You're the servant, son. Nobody pays you to think. Look at the person next to you say, be careful how you treat me because it may take one thought from a place you least expected. One person might have the game-changing ideal from you. One person might say something that triggers another thought in you. Come on, 915, open your mouth and say, I just need one thought. Here's what the servant says. The servant said, I just thought of something. There is a man of God. He can tell us which way to go. Verse 7, they say, but we don't have anything to offer him. Verse 8, I have one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of God and see what happens. Here's what they said. We're going to sow, and we're going to see. We're going to sow, and we're going to see. We're going to sow, and we're going to see. We're going to sow, and we're going to see. <laughs> now, I'm not sure how this seed is going to produce what I want to see. But what I do know is I cannot expect to harvest without some seed in the ground. Let me tell you how God, how you know God is setting you up for your best, is that he requires the most seed from you. Can I talk to a few of y'all that every time a seed number called out, you've been like, boo. Every time seed become boo. Every time, why? Can, can I tell you what God was doing? He was making sure you got seed in the ground because you're about to see what happens as a result of your seed. I need every sower. Everybody can't shout right here. But I need every sower to just worship God for three seconds that your seed is about to pay. Oh, I can, I can praise him for this one. Because every time I turn around, he's saying, give me that, give me that, give me that. Get, let me get that up off of you. But what if I told you you were going to see the majority of your harvest back before the end of July? Come on, 915. Say, I'm going to sow and see. I'll sow and see. Look what they say. I got to go. It says, let us offer this to the man of God. This is what's called sowing to seal. And pay attention when they sealed it. Before he said anything. They knew that because they were going to be in his presence, that whatever he said, the Lord was with him. 1 Samuel 3 19, and let none of his words fall to the ground. I'm going to say this and then 915, I need you to catch this. In these next six months, July, August, September, October, November, December will be the best six months of your entire life. 
in every area of your life. It's about to be a honeycomb experience for you. It's going to be rewarding and it's going to be sweet. I had to go to A to Z to get here. But now that I got here, it's going to be rewarding and it's going to be sweet. Still with me? You still with me? Verse 10, Saul agreed. Let's try it. Saul agreed. Let's try. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Everybody look at me real clear. Say one try. So now we got one thought. We got one seed. <laughs> we got one try. Check this out. Um, how long are you going to live scared? Let me back that camera. How long are you going to live scared? What if, what if it goes wrong? What if it goes right? I need to, I rebuke your negaholic thinking. Negaholic thinking is a psychological condition in which one preconditions themselves to believing the negative about everything before they even know the totality of the situation. Negaholism is literally where your mind defaults to the negative, defaults to what could go wrong, defaults to what might not work, and you will call it wisdom. And let's be honest, there's a part of it that can be wisdom because it causes you to be calculated. It causes you to count the cost, which is spiritual. But there's another part of negaholism that will have you living scared, and then by the time you're ready to live, it's too late because it's time to die. But you, I rebuke negaholism in your mind. That's why last Monday in prayer, we spent all of prayer praying about your mind. I need you to open up your mouth and say, my mind will see what can go right instead of what can go wrong. In Jesus' name. Let's go. One try. He was like, let's try it. Can you look up at somebody and say, try it. How long are you going to live scared? How long are you going to live scared? How long are you going to live scared? I don't know. I don't want to apply because I might not get it. If you're applying for stuff you already do, you're already scared. You should be applying for stuff that's levels above what you do. If you a rep now, you should be applying to be a vice president. You're not going to say nothing to me. I need you not to live scared. It might go wrong, but what if it goes right? No, you ain't scared of losing nothing. You didn't lost before and rebuilt. And let's be honest, you ain't even in that stage of your life no more. Your struggle days have been over. It's a different faith to struggle than it is to thrive. And for many of you, you need to hear me. Your faith needs to shift from struggle and survival mode into I'm thriving mode. Please lift your hand and say, I'm not struggling, nor am I trying to survive. I'm in the life where I thrive. One try. One try. Look at verse 17. We got to go. Now, look at this. When Samuel saw Saul, this, I don't even know if I'm going to get to the rest of the verses. I'm so serious. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord says, that's him. That's who I told you about. That's who I told you about. Let me tell you what's going to happen these next six months. People are going to see you and say, this is who I told you about. This is who I showed you in your dream. This is what I showed you in a bit. You're going to walk on a piece of property and say, this is it. This is what I saw in my dream. This is it. You're going to walk into an opportunity and say, this is it. Can I get you, please, with no music, to just lift up your voices and shout, this is it. The Lord had literally given Samuel a dream saying, tomorrow about this time, you're going to meet somebody, and this is what he's going to look like. I pray that God get in your dreams, and I pray that God would show you things in advance so when you see it, you won't hesitate. I pray that when you see it, you would not hesitate because you've already seen it in your dreams. I pray he'd show it to you in open visions and that in open visions, you'd see exactly what it is you're about to experience. That when you walk into the meeting, you'll be like, I feel like I've known you before. Look at me. Look at me. While I was in uh, traveling this last week in Atlanta, um, there had been something that had been delayed, and, and so I went to go meet. When I went to go meet, it became very clear from the first four seconds of our conversation why it had to be delayed. In fact, uh, this, this man of God and I said, we're glad that nothing had proceeded, because had it proceeded, he and I wouldn't have met. <laughs> from that very moment, our spirits clicked, and so what was supposed to be a business meeting turned into a whole church session. 
We praying for one another, going up in the Holy Ghost. I mean, we're going in, and I mean, we're going, we're going, and we're going. And I'm clear about the fact that it needed to be delayed so that when he saw me and I saw him, we'd say, that's it. I need you to, I need you to practice. You ready? Come on, 915, let's practice. Say, this is it. Come on, every business owner say, this is it. Come on, every single person say, that's the one. You ready? You ready? Now give it time before you say that. Oh, let me deal with this. Ain't no such thing as the Lord's doing a quick work. That's called a pre-divorce. If you refuse to have process in relationship, all you're doing is setting yourself up for a divorce. God don't move sloppily. I just have to stay right there. Because I mean, this if I met him on Monday and we just we feel God. No, you feel horny, and I need to shut your horny spirit down. Don't look at me like that. Why is it so quiet at this 9:15? I know I don't say them type of words until the 11:15, but you know y'all came in hot, so I figure I'm about to come back hot with you. Y'all weren't conservative at today's 9:15. Y'all were real 11:15y. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, you ready? The Lord said, "That's it. This is what I told you about. This is what I told you about. This, you'll be in the interview." And while you're sending the interview nervous, he's going to be like, and this is the one I told you about. They've already decided to give it to you, so all you got to do is go through the formalities. Come on, come on, practice. This is it on three. One, two, three. This is it. So look at this. So look at verse, uh, 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 well, let me first give you this. Say one thought. Now, check this out. Verse 18. Saul, he asked Samuel, because he didn't know. Samuel knew he was it. Saul didn't know Samuel was it. So only one half of the equation knew what was going on. So look what happened. Saul asked Samuel, can you tell me where the seer or the man of God, seer was another term in those days for man of God. Can you tell me where his house is? Say one question. You're about to ask one question. And one question is going to be the game changer for you. You're going to be, people used to try to tell you, shut up, don't ask that. No, baby, now I need you to be inquisitive. Because you're going to ask one question to the right person, and it's going to change everything for you. Look at verse 19. I am the seer. Shut your mouth. He says, go up. We're going to eat there together, and I'll tell you what you want to know. Samuel invites Saul to the cookout. Be a good church. You ready? But look at the last part of this verse. I got to go. Look at the last part of this verse. He says, I'm going to tell you what you want to know. What does this mean? Saul, there's one unknown prayer from you, you hungry wolf. See, 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 there's one thing the Bible never tells us. Bishop, how do you know that the Bible never tells us? Because it never tells us. He says, I'm going to tell you what you want to know. Now, listen very carefully. Um, verse 20 says, don't worry about the donkeys. They have been found. You and your family are the focus of the hopes of all of Israel. Well, now, wait a minute. If I just wanted to know about the donkeys, you said you were going to tell me tomorrow morning what I want to know. You told me this now, which means this ain't what I really want to know. What I really want to know, is this it for me? <laughs> what I really want to know, is there not more to my life than this? What I really want to know is what not born to do more than pay bills, have babies, and die? What I really want to know, is this the end for me? What I really want to know is what? You made me a wolf on purpose, and I'm hungry. I'm hungry for more. Is there anybody up this 915 where you can say, God, I'm grateful for what you've done, but I'm hungry for more? Where are the hungry people at? I don't sense hunger. I'm hungry for more God. I'm hungry to be a better Christian. I'm hungry to have better finances. I'm hungry for a better family. I'm hungry for more. Please look up at somebody and say, I'm real hungry. 
hungry for a better marriage. Hungry for my kids to get it together. I'm hungry to have joy. I'm hungry to have peace. I'm hungry for fire. I am hungry. He says, I'm hungry. I'm a wolf. And I'm trying to eat. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. For real, for real. I'm, I'm hungry, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. See, here's what people don't get about you. They look at your life and say, well, aren't you satisfied? And there's a difference between satisfaction and contentment. The Bible says be content. Content means I'm thankful for what I have. But don't force your satisfaction over my progress on me because you think that I should be satisfied because when you get satisfied, here's what you do next. You settle. And I rebuke the settler that's on the inside of you. There is more for you to do. There is more for you to accomplish. 915, we're almost done, but just please say, I will not settle. I'm hungry for more. But look at what he says in verse 20. He says, you and your family are the focus of the hopes of all of Israel. Say one hope. Verse 21. Saul replied, listen to me because this is what you've been saying. Let me get all in your business. Verse 21. Saul replied, I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe. My family is the least important. Why are you talking like this? To me. In other words, I prayed for it. What does his name mean? Asked for. And I'm about to get what I asked for. But when I'm on the edge of getting it, I have one fear. I have one fear. I have one fear. And I reveal this fear through this one conversation. This one conversation. Because when Samuel tells me I'm the hope of Israel, truth is I really prayed to be great. Truth is I really prayed to not be insignificant. Truth is I prayed not to be small. But now when big is knocking, small is talking. And the problem is I've gotten so used to hearing this voice that when large communicates, this conversation scares me. Verse 22. So they get to the cookout. And when they get to the cookout, listen, they got it laid out. It's a good cookout. They got the good hot links. Now, they were Hebrews. They wouldn't have had pork. It would have been beef only hot links. But you understand, they wouldn't have. Uh, they, they had the barbecue sauce. Look, they had the appropriate plates for a cookout. Let me teach you something, because y'all need to know your Bible. This is an appropriate cookout plate where you can separate the items. Don't give me no flat plate where everything runs together and the plate breaks. I rebuke a plate breaking spirit. This is for desserts. You put that clear saran wrap on these with that piece of cake. Y'all better talk to me now, 15. You gotta teach these things. God's people don't know. Now, we didn't go all the way. We did clear cups because I don't want some of y'all to relapse. I don't want the devil trying to snatch you back to who you used to be. So we rebuked the red solo cup spirit. They, they, they got to, they got to, look, they got to, they got to cool. Come up here, cameraman. They got the cooler. They got all the drinks in the cooler. In the cooler. You ready? They got the boom box. Now listen, you can tell that this is a mixed generation cookout because they still got CDs. Listen. And the young people got, they got that bar with, with, with the, the wireless, but then the old school, the old heads, they over here. They got the Thundercats over there with the, with the wireless. But and then you got to, at every cookout, you got to have a table. 
so they can play bones. Domino. Some of y'all right now, the whole time you've been in church, you've been like, I, I hope they're going to put that outside so I can play. I hope they're going to put that outside. Now, we're in Denver, and so we want to be um, responsible. So we need the off sprays, and you got to make sure you have your suntan lotion, you know, sunblock, whatever. You know what I meant. You got to have the cards, though, too. You got to be ready. And then the kids had a game. The kids got Uno. Because you know at the cookout, the grown folks and the kids couldn't be in the same. I want you to pay attention. I want you to pay attention. You ready? Samuel, look at the scripture. It says, he set him at the head of the table. You're not listening. He gets invited to the cookout. He's brand new. He's the newest one on the team. He's the newest one in the environment. Let me see it. He's the newest one in the city. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. But Samuel places him at the head of the table. Somebody say, one cookout. And the cook brought in the meat and said, listen to this. Go ahead and eat. I was saving it for you, Saul, before I even invited these other people. Shut your mouth. You had to go to A to Z to get to an unusual place to be invited to a cookout so that at that cookout, Samuel would say, sit at the head of the table. Watch me. You feel like the tail. You feel like you're insignificant. You feel like you're the smallest. And watch me. And you're going to sit at the head of the table. And watch me. Samuel says to you, I was saving the best cut of meat. Watch me for you. Before you ever got here, can I tell you what's going to happen in the next six months? What God has been saving for you. What God has saved for you. Somebody said, I'm about to get what he saved for. He saved the best for last. He saved the best for last. Can I get you to fist bump two or three people? We got to go 915. Let's fist bump two or three people. Say he saved the best for last. Saved the best in the last part of this year, he saved the best for you. One cookout. It was one cookout. It was one cookout that changed everything for Saul. It's going to be one conversation, one unexpected place, one unexpected meeting that's going to change everything for you. You got to go. Cook brought in the meat, verse 24, and said, go ahead and eat it. In other words, you're scared to eat now. Because everything, listen to me, happened so fast. I'm going to throw this mic. No, not because of y'all, because this is good to me. It happened so fast. It happened Nine fifteen. I'm trying to tell you. Look, you can sit there and not receive it all you want, but can I tell some of y'all? God is taking over now. God says this is happening whether you want it to happen or whether you don't want it to happen. Somebody say God is taking over now. It happened so fast. I came to find some donkeys. I wasn't even trying to do this. I was looking for some donkeys. And hear me clearly. One conversation. Because of one thought that one unlikely person has gets me to one cookout to sit at one table with one man of God. And I'm sitting at the head of that table. And he brings out one piece of meat for me. And he's scared to eat it because he's like, this happened so fast. Let me see if you can remember where we started this year. Is this really happening for me? A 
Okay, I got to finish. Can I finish? Okay, we got to finish and then we got to move fast, okay, because I'm out of time. You ready? You ready? You ready? Look, look at 1 Samuel 10 and 1. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil, that E-V-O-O. I'm not going to literally pour it because this is $20 a bottle. Catch it in the spirit. All right? I'm just messing with you. He takes out a flask of anointing oil, and, and he pours it over Saul's head. Now sit down. Sit down for me, please. He says, move the dominoes because we ain't playing games. And the people in your life who have played games with you, they can't sit at the table. You know what Wednesday's message is called? Who's all coming? Because everybody ain't coming to the cookout. What? Look at somebody next to you say, everybody ain't coming to the cookout. I, and let's be honest, there's some people I don't want at my cookout. You ain't going to sit up and eat my food and sit at my table and think I'm there and stab me in the back. To That's Wednesday. I'm going to show you who to make sure ain't at your cookout. Then I'm going to tell you who needs to be at your cookout. What's Wednesday's message? Who's all coming? Now, depending on where you grew up, that's a prerequisite question when somebody invites you somewhere. We're about to go to lunch. Mm, who's all coming? Anytime anybody invite me anywhere, they know you got to send me the total list of who's coming. Why? Because I don't sit with just anybody and everybody. You better understand. Watch me. You're too anointed to sit with squares. You're too anointed to sit with people who ain't trying to do nothing, ain't trying to go nowhere, ain't trying to be nobody. I wish you'd encourage the person next to you. Say, you're too anointed to invite everybody to the cookout. No, don't come in here with all that negativity. You ain't invited to the cookout. And when they say you didn't invite me, I sure didn't invite you to the cookout. You wasn't going to bring nothing know-how. We got to go. We have to go. Matter of fact, can you stand so I make sure we get out on time? Can you stand? Stand for me in the building and online. Come on, stand. Everybody stand. Stand at home. He takes the, the vat of oil. He pours it over Saul's head at the table. He says, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel. Why does he have to tell Saul that? Because Saul is looking at him like, why are you doing this? Some people are going to do some things for you in these next six months that you're going to, listen to me, let me tell you your initial feeling. Your initial feeling is going to be guilt because you're not used to people doing you like this. I don't know who I'm talking to. Your initial feeling is going to be like, no, you, you really don't have to do this. Oh, yes, they do. Because if they don't release it to you, God's not going to release what they need to them. Oh, my. I just heard this again. I just heard it again. Somebody's about to release keys. You can stand. I, I, somebody's about to release keys, and they're going to have to release them for you. And you're going to be like, no, no, no. And God's going to be like, yes, yes, yes. Somebody's going to write you a check for $15,000. I don't know who that is. And you're going to be like, no, 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 I can't take this. You better take it and run that to the bank and cash that immediately before they change it. This is, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel. Now, stay right there, Saul. Ruler over Israel. Verse 22. Look at me. So they asked the Lord. So Samuel, this is, this is the next day. All of this happened so fast. So basically he meets, he meets Samuel, let's just say, on a Sunday. Because they're having a cookout after church. By the way, brunch is available immediately after your worship experience today on campus. When they do that, go hide behind the baggage. When they do that, when they do that, no, the baggage. See, what you hiding behind doesn't even make sense because it's so much smaller than you. So the next day, so, so Samuel and Saul meet in our story when? A Sunday. They had a cookout. Monday, it's anointing time. Then, y'all still with me? Then, what happens? Then now, about a day or so later, Samuel says, and we're going to present you to everybody. On Sunday, you were insignificant, unknown, small, chasing donkeys. On Tuesday, you were about to take the first throne. See, I need some of y'all to check it. Because most places are closed tomorrow. 
But by Tuesday, okay, only for those of y'all that got radical faith, I dare you to run around this building right now. Only for those of you that believe that that word is to you at home, I dare you to hop up and run right now. If it ain't for you, stay in your seat. Somebody say, by Tuesday. By Tuesday. All right, everybody, everybody look at me. We got to go. We got to go. So they said, where is he? So Samuel's standing in front of the people. Samuel's standing in front of the people. Samuel's standing in front of the people. And they're getting ready to present the new king. And as they get ready to present the new king, they said, where is Saul? Where is he at? What? Like, I'm trying to present the new king, and he's missing. They pray and ask God, where is he? Look at me. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. See, some people, let me tell you, can I help some of y'all? Here's why certain people never acknowledged, respected, or honored. It's because you weren't the answer to their prayer. In the next six months, you're going to be the answer. Whoa! Finally! better come in with the Baptist three. You know, if you grew up Baptist, they say everything in threes. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All I need now is a doctoral robe with crosses on the side. They said, where is Saul at? Look at me. Who's, the, who's Saul in the story? You. Where is this? The Lord says, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Who pointed him out? Look at the screen. The Lord said, there you go. I need you to open up your mouth and say, you can't stop this. Say, God's already started it. Oh, my God. You can't. You can't, 915. You can't. I know some of you are like, I might pull back. God is like, you can't now. I shut down the door so you can't even go back. You can't even turn around. I forced you out to make sure you do what I said. Who called him out? The Lord did. The Lord said, there you go. He over here hiding behind the baggage. What are you hiding behind? Your fears. What are you hiding behind? Your failed relationships? What are you hiding behind? What if it goes wrong? What are you hiding behind? It's going to be just me. I don't know anybody there. I don't have any family there. I don't have a support system there. Let's be honest, you didn't have it where you at. Y'all not going to say nothing. And God says, come on, open your mouth. Come on, look at the next verse. Verse 23, put it up, please. says, so they found him, and what they do? They brought him out. In your next six months, God says, I'm bringing you out. And somebody say, I'm coming out. I'm bringing you out of your fear. Bringing you out of your depression. Bringing you out of your discouragement. Somebody say, I'm coming out. Say, I'm coming out. And where I'm stepping into is a wealthy place. Where I'm stepping into is a blessed place. Where I'm stepping into is a place of overflow. Where I'm stepping into is the place I pray for. Where I'm stepping into. Shout, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Point to somebody, say, you coming out. And it's going to happen fast. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Find somebody else, say, you coming out, and it's going to be quick. And I'm glad about it, and I'm glad about it. I waited my whole life to get right here, and God's going to blow my mind. I've shed a lot of tears to get right here, and God's going to blow my mind. I've sold a lot of seed to get right here and God's gonna blow my mind. Everybody saying, I'm coming out.
you can't stop it. Hear me 915. You you can't stop it. I know what you thought. If I just had. If I just stop serving. If I just stop giving. If I just stop watching. I don't know who that is online. You didn't even intend to watch, but God forced you. Because you're not hiding behind your luggage anymore. Because it doesn't even make sense because you're so much bigger than the little you're hiding behind. You mean to tell me you're scared? You've, you've dealt better with worse. You've accomplished more with lesser. You've been a winner with a bad hand. What would happen if the table was set? And you were no longer going to be in loss. But you were going to be. You're about to witness. Lift your hands. We got to go. I'm way over time. Father, thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name. If you need to become a Christian for the first time, recommit yourself, Lord, be sure. Wherever you're at on the count of three, in this building or online, you can place your hands down. In this building or online, you need to become a Christian for the first time, recommit yourself, Lord, be sure. Wherever you're at on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up in the building online. Do the hand with the emoji. Say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. If I, I confess with my mouth, Believe in my heart. You are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pray that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord. Scan that QR code or text your scissor. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply.